and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. And I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning. This is a spoiler-free podcast, so whether you're watching for the first time or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary on the show from a 21st century lens. Thanks for listening. Now, on to the episode. Season 5, episode 20, Spiral. Do you think Buffy's spiraling in this episode? I think she's already spiraled. I think she's hit the rock bottom. <laughs> you know, while we were, um, while you were, uh, you were watching it, and I'd already watched it, but I, uh, we were texting each other, and I was like, do you, do you think Buffy's stressed <laughs> in this episode? Maybe just a little bit. Yeah, maybe a bit. A little bit more stressed than we're used to <laughs> seeing her. I have a lot to say and think about the, I said the boys of Byzantium. <laughs> the word I still can't say. The LARPers are at it again. Oh, and they are in full swing. And for what? I mean, we're going to get into it. But I was like laughing at their their inclusion in this episode. It's, it's wacky. It's wacky stuff. This This is an interesting episode. I I like it. I think it's a good episode in a lot of ways. But this is a very Buffy episode. Does that make sense? I don't know, because they're not in Sunnydale. And it's so rare, if ever, that we're not that in is true. Sunnydale. That is true. I just, I feel like this is an episode of Buffy. <laughs> this is This is a Buffy episode, and we're going to review it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it. We start off right where we left off, the last episode in tough love glory had torn down tara's sewer wall bedroom (laughs) to give it the much needed sunshine that it needed (laughs) but in so doing that she found out that dawn is the key and we start off this episode with buffy grabbing dawn and she like (laughs) throws them themselves through a door um there's no time to open it and when Glory tries to go after them, Willow manages to hold her off with a spell and then throws her away, giving Willow and Tara a chance to run away. Buffy and Dawn are running through the university student lounge. Glory bursts through the wall and all these students are like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's those white girl gags on PCP again. <laughs> right? Uh, Dawn and Buffy are running across what I can only assume is a rugs field. And um, <laughs> Dawn keeps falling. And like, I don't know if it's because she can't run, she's tired, or she can't keep up with Buffy, who's not that fast, to be honest. Uh, so Buffy picks her up and runs with her in her arms. And it's so clearly not Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> or Dawn, for or that Dawn. matter. We don't know who these people are, but we're going to watch them run for a bit. Um, (laughs) I didn't realize this episode was going to be so funny right off the bat. But anyway, Glory catches up to them and she's because she's fasty, fasty, fast, I said. Yeah, we got a little uh, super speed. Did we know uh, she could do that? Did we know that she? No, but it makes sense as a god, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, she catches up and she says, I hate it when people touch my things. Last words, slay runt. And Buffy says, just one truck. And Glory gets hit by a truck, just like in Mean Girls. Well, in Mean Girls, it was a bus. It was a bus, but... of course. Um, and, like, you know, 50% of people thought that Buffy 
pushed Glory in front of the bus. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only reason they voted for her, (laughs) as class protector. Right. (laughs) But Don and Buffy run away. That gives them a chance. And before Glory can chase after them, she turns back into Ben, who's just like, oh, God. We cut to credits. At the uh, Xander's house, the Scoobies are all there. Uh, Willow, Tara, who's obviously, remember, Tara was, was uh, she had a suck job. Suck done. Yeah, she was suck jobbed. So she's done for. Xander, Anya, and Giles are there with Buffy and, and Dawn. Dawn's telling them what happened with Glory. She's like, oh, man, it was so cool. Like, Buffy was so, um, was all like, wham, hell bitch in orbit or whatever. And Xander thinks... Is like, go buff. And Giles is like, I knew you'd best glory eventually. All our years of training. So they think that Buffy took her out. But Buffy says, a truck hit her. <laughs> and Anya's like, you threw it at her? And Dawn says, well, no, she was waiting for the, it to hit glory. Uh, but then Buffy ran really fast. We got away. And Buffy says, I don't know how that truck couldn't have slowed her down for more than a second. We know how. We know how. And Giles says, all that matters is that you two are safe. And Buffy's like, safe? We've barely been able to manage not getting seriously dead every time we've crossed paths with Glory. Now that she knows that Dawn's the key, and Giles says, well, there's there must be something that we missed, like something that we can use against Glory. And Anya suggests that they drop a piano on her because it works for the creepy cartoon rabbit when he's running from that nice man with a speech impediment. And um, I first of all, I was like surprised that Anya who's clearly referring to Bugs Bunny and Looney Tunes, that she watches it because she has a fear of rabbits. But then I laughed because clearly Anya sees Bugs Bunny as the villain <laughs> in that cartoon. And um, I forget the name of the of the bald guy that she's referring to, but... Elmer Fudd. Elmer Fudd, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, just a little Looney Tunes information for everybody. Um, I watched the new Space Jam as well with LeBron James, and uh, it was not good, so... <laughs> <laughs> but first space jam holds up <laughs> sure yeah michael jordan is the king and that's the most millennial thing you'll ever hear me say so <laughs> giles says um we yeah we can also paint a convincing tunnel on the side of a mountain can we keep thinking please um he wants to reassemble at the magic shop right and Buffy's like, we can't fight her, not ever. She's too strong. We're not going to win this with stakes or spells or pulling out some uranium power core. Shot back to Adam. She says, she's a god. She's coming for us. Let's just not be here when she starts knocking. And Anya says, run away? Finally, a sensible plan. <laughs> and Xander says, that's not what she meant. Is it? And Buffy says, we can't stay here. She'll kill us off one by one until no one is standing between her and Dawn. Giles says, Buffy, we understand the severity of the situation. There must be another way. Buffy says, no, we stay, we die. Show of hands for that option. And then she makes a plan. She says, nobody goes home. Nobody tells anyone we're leaving. Pack up the supplies we need and that's it. We're gone. And Xander asks for about the ride, like wheels. Like, how are they going to do that? Buffy says, get your stuff together. I'll handle the rest. So this is an intense opener, Kara. I like it. Obviously, it shows us that the last couple episodes of the season are going to be bam 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 like they're gonna be we're going full speed ahead however Mm -hmm. do you think that the scoobies should be so surprised or thinking that running away is such a bad idea i know they're surprised because they usually don't they usually stand and fight but like in this case knowing what glory did to tara knowing that she beat the hell out of spike i just feel like this is actually a pretty good plan and i don't know why they're so 
surprised about it, you know? It's the only plan. Yeah. So I'm saying, so when so when they're like, what? Are you sure? What? Well, it's interesting. This is the first time in two years that the big bat has come after the Scoobies directly, right? Uh, the mayor didn't care about the Scoobies, right? He only really butted heads with them when they had something he wanted, like a big box full of spiders. <laughs> you know, to him, the Slayer was just uh, a thorn in his side. Adam didn't really care about the Scoobies, right? He cared about Buffy only in the sense that she was a means to an end of maximizing the demon carnage that he was planning. But he never really felt like he had to, like, go and deal with her, right? Even Angelus, you know, as, as much as he had this whole, like, psychological torture thing going on with Buffy in season two, she wasn't his plan, right? His plan was to suck the world into hell by opening up the Akathla thing. And Buffy was, again, just kind of getting in the way of that. Um, so arguably, it, we haven't really seen since the master anybody kind of coming after Buffy the way Glory has. This is kind of new territory for them in that sense. And yeah, I, I think Buffy's acting extremely rationally here. She has looked at her options. She said, I don't know how to beat Glory. I need to keep Dawn safe. This is how we're going to keep Dawn safe. It makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. So I wish the, I, I agree with you. And I wish that the Scoobies weren't so like shocked by this news. It's like, it's time. It's time to get out of there. If anything, we were saying earlier this season, Joyce should take Dawn away now, <laughs> right? So we cut to Glory's condo where sexy, murdering, sometimes normal clothes wearing intern Ben. <laughs> we had so many names for him. He is there and there's a female minion. I can only assume she's female. I assume. Right. Yeah, we don't know anything about these minions' genders, but <laughs> yeah. so far all the minions seem to have been male and this one seems to be female. Yeah. Very interesting. Why are we getting a female one now? Why haven't we had one before? Is this sexism? I don't know. Well, the fact that this one is taking care of the clothes, like Glory's dress. Also sexist. Right? I was like, can, can drag not do, like, not be a seamstress, seamstress or seamster? And this show calls itself feminist. Come on. <laughs> this is its greatest offense as of yet. But the minion is is like pissed at the state of the dress that uh, he was in when he turned from glory to himself. And she asks him if he knows what led to this sartorial tragedy and then says, that's not how it works. And you know that as in like he can't remember what glory did. Interesting. And the minion says, I thought maybe after her magnificent incandescence was returned to this manly and painfully handsome assemblage, you might have noticed something interesting. A key in human form, perhaps, lounging about unattended. So I just want to point out here that the minions are also aware of how sexy and good-looking Ben is. Ben says, if I did, do you really think I would tell you? And the minion says, well, why do you insist on fighting the inevitable? No one can stand against her blindly scrumptious luminescence. <laughs> okay. She's she's good. I I like how she's groveling, even though Glory's not here to hear it. Yeah, it's true, and it's I mean, it, it, hey, it's not the same kind of finesse that I liked from Drag back at the beginning of the season, right? Her creamy coolness, right? Like that's like you can't beat that. But she's doing a good job. Uh, I'm so sorry that you missed Drag so much, Steph. It, I mean, I know we lost Stoner Joyce this season, and that was that's very hard. <laughs> But I also miss drag. <laughs> like, I just think that was a missed Somebody please send us the links to the fan fiction about drag. <laughs> drag. And uh, maybe he's not dead. Maybe he's on an adventure of his own. A special mission. Ben says, her name is Glory and she's your god, you little scab. Not mine. <laughs> and the minion says, with all due respect and fear of sharp objects, you exist, sir, only because of her divine greatness. And Ben says, you mean her divine failure. I didn't ask for any of this. I just want to be normal. 
I just want to be a real boy, is what he's saying, Kara. And the minion says, um, we play the hand we're dealt. And Ben says, "Nothing, nothing's mine, is it? He has a little tantrum here. It's kind of interesting. He's like, this life, my body, it's all infected. Anything I've ever cared about, she's taken away from me. Do you know why I wanted to become a doctor? He says, to be close to people, to witness their lives, their deaths, to be there alongside them, a part of everyday humanity. Maybe it's the drugs. Find the right combination. Keep her buried where she belongs. So is he saying here that he was already taking drugs to try to, like, suppress her? That's that's what I I yeah I got that impression too, yeah. which maybe explains a lot about Ben. <laughs> Why he's always at those college parties <laughs> to get more drugs. The minion says, "Impossible! Her magnificence can never be fully contained. She's perfect, all-encompassing light that you should feel honored to be bathed in." And Ben says, "Oh yeah, I'm thrilled, especially with the part where she gets her key her key back and I cease to exist." And the minion says, this oh-so-appealing form, <laughs> she wants him just as bad as I do, will of necessity be shrugged off. And Ben says, not if I get the key first. And the minion says, well, what then? Could you do it? Take a human life with your own hands? Oblivion is such a small inconvenience in the service of a deity. Accept your fate. You said it yourself. This life was never really yours anyway. And Ben says, it doesn't matter how I came by it. It's mine. I plan on keeping it. Uh-oh, so is Ben switching sides here? Is he going to do something to Dawn? I will add, Kara, uh, that this episode is just full of exposition. It's just, it's a chatty right. episode. I forgot to say this at the beginning. There is there is a fair amount of action. Like, it, it, the, the chats are broken up by action, though. It's so. balanced, but um, the, the chatty scenes are long scenes. Right. We learn a lot in, in all of those scenes, so I don't mind it as much. Yeah, they've really kind of, inf- like, later in the episode, we learn, like, everything else we haven't learned about Glory so far. And I'm like... Anything we need to know, yeah. <laughs> you could have told us this a few episodes ago. You could have broken it in chunks, I guess. You could have chunked I, it I out. I think one of the unfortunate side effects of how they dealt with Joyce's death. And I say unfortunate. doesn't mean I'm criticizing how they did it. I think, obviously, you can go back and listen to the episodes. We think we did. they did a really good job. But unfortunately, one of the consequences of that is the story arc did kind of stop for two episodes. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like we really kind of lost that momentum. And even after that, with Crush and I was made uh, to love... Sorry, Crush and I was made to love you before that. And then after that, right, we had intervention in tough love. It's it's like the the story arc kind of came to a grinding halt, and then it's been kind of like sputtering, trying to restart the last couple of episodes. So, yeah, I just they're playing catch up here before the last two episodes of the season. Yeah, and it's another reason why this episode feels like it's go go go, right? Because it's like okay, whoa whoa whoa, we're getting so much information, not just about Ben here and like his connection to Glory, but like you said later, we're gonna hear. Everything we need to know about Glory. Wait, is there a connection between Ben and Glory? I don't know. I mean, I think they're we're assuming that because he knows Glory's minions. Oh, There's okay. something going on. I think they might be roommates or something. <laughs> the Scoobies are waiting on the street somewhere. They're <laughs> still out on the streets. And Anya is saying she's got paralyzing fear. And Giles tells everyone to stay calm. He's like, everything will be all right. We just need to stay he- stay here and calm. And as soon as Buffy arrives, and that's when this beat up motorhome pulls up and all the windows are like newspapered or um aluminum foil aluminum foiled off like they're all covered and jow says we'll feel oddly worse so the doors open and the scoobies enter buffy's inside at the table looking at maps and giles sees spike 
at the wheel. So Spike's driving. He's wearing, like, goggles. <laughs> He's wearing goggles, I guess, in case his eyes get <laughs> hit by the by uh, the hole. I, I don't know. I don't know. And he says, what's he doing here? And Spike says, just out for a jaunt. Just thought I'd swing by and say howdy. And Giles says, out. And, I, and Buffy says, he's here because we need him. And Xander says, like hell we do. And Buffy says, if Glory finds us, he's the only one other than me who has a chance of protecting Dawn. I have a thought about that in a, bit, in a second. And Xander says, Buffy, come on. And then Buffy yells, right? She loses it. She's like, this isn't our discussion. He stays. Get over it. And she grabs a map and she goes into the bedroom and slams the door. Again, I think Buffy's under some pressure here. I think Buffy's feeling stressed. (laughs) Spike says, buckle up, kids. Daddy's putting the hammer down, which is a pretty funny line. And he drives them out of town. My first thought on this, Kara, is road trip. (laughs) Like, who doesn't? We love a good road trip movie. (laughs) Right? (laughs) This is starting out to be really great. On the other hand, I was like, you know when she says that, like, Spike has the only chance against Glory? Well, Spike's come up against Glory, I think, twice now. And he hasn't been able to do a thing. So I do think this is a little bit loosey-goosey. And I'm seriously on a yes and no side right now. It's like Xander and Giles are expressing their dislike and they don't want Spike on the trip, obviously because they're looking out for Buffy. I like that because he's a perverted stalker. (laughs) But on the other hand, I totally see where Buffy's coming from in that, like, at least he's super powered in some way. At least if there was a fight, he might have a chance. And that's what she said. He's the only one with a chance, even though he's already failed at that chance so far. So I'm, I'm a little bit, I don't know how I feel about Buffy's choice to bring Spike along, but I understand her thinking behind it. Yeah. So basically, I think Spike is great in this episode. You know, um, we've been really hard on Spike, deservedly so, the past several episodes. I really like Spike in this episode. This, I think, is where his character shines as a comedic character. I think Buffy's right. I hear what you're saying, and it, I'm uncomfortable with it. But Buffy's number one priority is Dawn's safety. She will do whatever it takes. And if that means aligning herself, right, with Spike, then she'll do that. She did that back in season two to fight Angelus. Right? She aligned herself with Spike, even though he had previously tried to kill her, uh, at least once in that season. I think this is very consistent with her character, and I don't blame her for it. Because, yeah, he, he's not great against Glory, but it's he's something. something. Yeah, it's and, something. and Buffy needs everything she can get at this point. Yeah, and I will say another reason why I'm like Team Buffy here, uh, because... I do think that the way, like, Buffy, like, freaked out on the men, right? And then she's like, I'm out of here! And she goes into the other room. I wonder if we're supposed to be thinking that Buffy's a little bit unhinged right now. Like, you and I are just saying, oh, she's stressed. But I wonder if the the, the intent of her being like this and isolating herself is to show that she's being a little bit unreasonable. But what I'm saying is I also support Buffy because she just shut down Xander really hard. And it was really fun to watch. So <laughs> good for her. All right, so we are at the hospital, and a nurse is letting a group of men sign out a patient. And the leader of these this, these men, they don't really get his name. Uh, you want to give him a name? Tim. Tim. I love it. So Tim has the most beautiful handwriting I've ever seen. <laughs> you see him sign that, uh, the form? Actually, if I had read the form instead of admiring the handwriting, maybe I would have gotten his name. They're leaving with the Knight of Byzantium, who was left in the mental ward at the hospital from before. And for a second there, it looks like the nurse is going to stop them. 
and one of them is about to pull his knife. So these, clearly these people mean business. But it was just her pen. She's like, give me my pen back. You can't take that. So they walk into the forest, <laughs> which I assume is just outside the hospital. I don't know. Um, it's all misty, which is weird. And they meet up with this general. Uh, and they say, our brother has returned to the fold. And the general says, welcome home, Orlando. I swear by my sword, your sacrifice will not go unavenged. And Orlando, who again, who's insane now, is admiring the jewels on the arm of the general. He says, shiny, the pretty little girl, she's shiny too, so shiny, pretty little shiny key. And the general's like, the key, you've seen it. <laughs> and Orlando's like, pretty little shiny girl. So the general says, the monks made it human. We know the slayer's protecting the key. If what Orlando says is true, prepare to advance. We end this now. And then they all start walking and there's a whole army behind him. And by a whole army, there's like 30 guys. And these are the LARPers, right? These are the LARPers that are... They are really psyched for this weekend of LARPing that they've got planned. Right? I, most of them have uh, cleared it with their wives. <laughs> Um, they brought camping gear. Yeah, we haven't seen any women in the Knights of Byzantium, <laughs> no, eh? No, no, no. It's just boys. Just boys club. Strange that. <laughs> yeah, very strange. And like, it's very actually um, bold of me to suggest that they have wives to, to, to leave at home. <laughs> That's mean. Well, I, I mean, we, we say this, right? We're making fun of these nerds. I mean, obviously, we're <laughs> nerds for watching Buffy. Yeah. Like, uh, in the real world, IRL. You know, LARPing knows no gender. All genders love LARPing. There are many female and non-binary and genderqueer LARPers out there. It's a fun and creative exercise. It's a lot of fun. So we're poking fun at these LARPers, as we call them, yeah. uh, in terms of, you know, like they are the Knights of Byzantium are supposed to be this incredibly serious, like, force, but they seem very trivial yeah they were supposed to be like oh how's buffy gonna get out of this when we see them right but yeah just on a side note all my love to actual larpers you guys are great you do you yeah invite us we want to come okay the in the motorhome right it's leaving sunnydale and giles is now driving and the scoobies are all sitting around and anya wants to play are we there yet but don points out that they don't know where they're going and Spike tells Giles to step on it. And Giles says he's driven tricycles with more power. Xander's car is sick. Like, there's lots going on. Spike says he wishes he nicked the Porsche that he had his eye on. Enough room for me, you, and Big Sis. He's talking to Don. And Xander is staring at him and says, would you give it a rest? And Spike mocks him and and Xander goes and sits next to, Xander, uh, to Giles. And he says, the guy is blood sucking the last nerve right out of me. And Giles says, Buffy has a point in a confrontation Spike may prove useful. And Xander says, I don't know if Buffy's thinking too clear on that one <laughs> or anything else right now. I've never seen her so. And Giles says, she's been through more than her fair share of late. So she needs a chance to catch her breath and regroup. She'll be all right. So bless you, Giles. Bless you, Giles, for having Buffy's back and understanding where her headspace is right now. And poo on you, Xander, for, again, doubting Buffy's leadership for what reason you know yeah so now willow is reading through spells and it seems like she's looking for defensive spells barrier spells she says there's some that she's found but none that work on a fixed locus she says i.e a stationary location they only work on a fixed locus but of course they're moving right now so that's not going to be any help um anya's like well who wants a snack and so she pulls <laughs> out from her bag a frying pan and a can of Spam. God. Anya Jenkins, you are my hero. <laughs> um, 
I like how that's where her mind went, was like, this This is what I'm going to bring for snacks, not like granola bars. Chips? You know, right? It's like, I will bring, because she didn't know Buffy was bringing a motorhome, so it's like, I will bring a fry pan wherever we go, <laughs> yeah. and a can of spam. She thought they were camping, maybe. <laughs> how very American. <laughs> Tara's, you know, just a little bit bored, a little bit upset. She's uh, She goes and she tries to move the blinds out of the way so she can see the sunlight. This is a bad idea. Spike jumps away in pain. He recoils from the sun. Uh, so a lot happens all at once. Willow scolds Tara. Tara cries. Um, Willow's apologizing to Spike, being like she doesn't know what she's doing. Spike is nursing a burnt hand. But, you know, he seems like he wants to be conciliatory. And he's like, no biggie. You know, the skin's already stopped smoking. You go ahead and play peekaboo with Mr. Sunshine. All you like keeps the ride from being boring. So Spike is actually kind of being nice in this moment. And I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking this too. I was like, why is he being so nice all of a sudden? Are we supposed to believe that his encounter with Glory in Intervention actually started creating change in him? The fact that Buffy kissed him that day? Like, is there something going on with Spike that like we can now start accepting that he's trying to be nicer? When before it was all opportunist, right? It was all fake. Maybe even the fact that he remembers that the Scoobies all kicked him out of the group back in I Was Made to Love You. Like, is he remembering that? And now he's trying to be on his best behavior. He's now edging his way back into the group. So he needs to be nicer to everybody. I don't know. What do you think? I think what we're seeing here is echoes of this earlier Spike character. You know, back in season four, do you remember when he went to to see Willow in her dorm room and he couldn't bite her. And they had this little like heart to heart where she's like, you can try again in a few minutes if you want. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think Spike's always had a soft spot for Willow. And I think what we're seeing here is that Spike is getting what he wants right now, mm-hmm. which is being close to Buffy. And when Spike gets what he wants, he can be a pretty fun guy. Right. I mean, that's true of most abusers. <laughs> Uh, you know, Spike uh, is willing to be to put up with more because this allows him access to Buffy. Uh, so there's no reason for him to throw a temper tantrum right now. It's true. It's very true. And like he already said earlier, he wishes it was just him, Buffy and Dawn. This like happy little family, which is weird and dark as well. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I just there's no reason for him to fight them right now. Um, he doesn't have to be nice to them, but um. At the same time, I do think there's a mixture of that. Like, I'm back in the group. Like, I've I've somehow wormed my way back in. And Buffy has shown me a little bit of trust. So it's enough for him to be nice right now. Tara keeps saying over and over again, while Willow comforts her, dark, all dark, all dark. And we got cut to the hospital where the mental patients are also saying that. Like, dark, soon, soon, soon. And the minions are actually doing some sort of spell work in Glory's apartment. And they say... It's coming. The signs are in alignment. Soon victory will be in our grasp. All we need to do is seize the moment and squeeze until it bleeds. And squeeze until it bleeds is actually a very interesting line. It's very uh, graphic. Yeah. And I wonder if it's going to be relevant later on. Dawn goes up to check in on Buffy in the back room. Buffy is just sitting by herself. And she invites her to come watch Anya cook. Buffy says maybe later. And Dawn says thanks for pretty much everything. And I was like, wow, Car, when's the last time we got anyone <laughs> thanking Buffy? 
So much growth from her sister. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, she's not just like, am I, am I getting in your way again, I Buffy? Mean, <laughs> just, just last week, it was all like, why should I do what you have to say? And Buffy's like, because they'll take you away from me. And now... Now she's thanking you know? her for everything she's done. What a roller coaster of emotions this teenager's given us. Buffy says, yeah, I'm doing a great job. I'm the Slayer, the Chosen One. All mythic and defendery. Evil nasties are supposed to flee from me, not the other way around. Don's like, you're not fleeing. You're just moving at a brisk pace. And Buffy says, quaintly referred to in some cultures as the big scaredy runaway. And Don says, it's the most amazing thing anyone's ever anyone's ever done for me. Aw. And Buffy says, it just keeps coming. Glory, Riley, Tara, Mom. One of those things is not a big loss, Buffy. I'll let you decide which one. I think we can all guess out of Glory, Riley, Tara, and Joyce who Kara is referring to. Um, but when she says it just keeps coming, does she mean like problems, <laughs> like or like heartache? I guess right. Loss, hardship, adult responsibility issues. Yeah. Like, like think about it this way. When was the last happy moment in Buffy's life? When she beat up the snake, the cobra demon. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. R.I.P. Cobra demon. It's been a while. You know, yeah. like she's gone through a lot this season and we really haven't had a fun, happy Buffy episode in a little bit. It's true. You know what? I would actually say the last time she felt joy was watching April throw Spike through the window. <laughs> that was made to love you. <laughs> uh, she got a lot of kick out of that. So that was a long time ago. Don says, I know, but there's a bright side. At least things can't get crazier, right? And that's when an arrow slams through the wall. And Buffy says, you know, it's your fault for saying that. <laughs> so here it is, the boys of Byzantium. They've caught up. Kara, how? How? They're on horseback. The, why how? are they riding horses? Why? <laughs> because it's LARPer time and they all are, they all have horses. Right. So, but, so this is, <sighs> I have questions. There's plot holes here. Questions. There's plot holes. Okay. Number one. Yeah. So where did they come from? There are so many of them. We've never seen them before. Watchers Council is like, I don't know who these people are. Watchers Council can apparently get people deported, but you can't arrange to have people not let into the country. Are they from outside of the U.S.? If they're from outside of the U.S., how did they get horses into the country? It's hard to import horses. That takes time. Did they buy the horses here in California? Right? How did they get so many horses? It, did they just go around to every single horse breeder at every ranch and be like, we need all your horses? Like, what is going on? I think they're already like a cult of just men that live on ranches that that breed horses. That's what they do. Are they doomsday preppers? Like <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a great question. The So yeah, where are they coming from? Two, how did they track the motorhome? How are they tracking the key right now? That's a, that's that's also never explained. No, of course. Like, why? Like, no, they just show up. Number three, <laughs> they appear to be in the desert, right? Like, they're in the Sunnydale desert again. How do they catch up to the motorhome? Well, we do hear that the motorhome does not have a very high top speed. So, that to so? me, that is the most believable element of this whole experience. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Number four, I guess not all of the knights have horses because there's only, like, 10 of them here attacking the motorhome. So I guess the rest are on foot or on a bus. Like on the, on a... They're carpooling. <laughs> They're ordering Ubers. <laughs> My mom said you can't eat chips in the backseat. I told you not to bring those. 
<laughs> my mom says that you need to get this back by seven, okay, you guys? So we can't go too far into the desert. <laughs> like, there's so many questions. Oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway, I love this. yeah, so there's just. What is going on? I mean, hey, again, I enjoy the fight that we're about to get out of these LARPers, but. My biggest question out of all of these questions is just how did they find the motor home? How did they know? They're like, like they literally just found out that the key is human. Like they're just like, oh shit, the key is human. We better go get it. And then and then all of a sudden they've caught up to a motor home. They would have no clue. Maybe because we're again, like you said, this is like a small contingent. Maybe this is happening on every highway outside of <laughs> Sunnydale. And they get on their walkie talkies and they call each other. Oh, bless. Um, what a fun game they're playing. So so Buffy calls for Giles and he's like, yeah, I see them. We see more arrows being shot through the motorhome. Why arrows? Why not guns? <laughs> Who are these men? Like, what is going on? So the Scoobies get down on the ground, right? And, and Giles is like, weapons. And Spike says, you're driving one. And Willow says, don't hit the horsies. And Buffy says, we won't. And then she says to Giles, aim for the horsies. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. It's the best. It's the so, especially the best. fact she said horsies, right? <laughs> but I also love that she she took a moment to like say to Willow, right? Like, we won't, as in like to calm her down. And then she's like, get them. <laughs> so good. So Giles swerves and he almost hits one. And one of the knights manages to jump onto the roof and he starts stabbing through the roof. And for what? And um, he almost kills Xander, which is hilarious. But he does it for a few more times before Spike ends up grabbing one of the sword when it's through the roof and holding it in place, cutting his hands in the process. I was like, interesting. Oh, That's a very interesting choice. You know, you know how you have a thing about neck snapping uh, stuff? Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel about people who grab blades with their bare hands. Mm. I don't like imagining how that's slicing up his his palms right now uh, what how do you feel about people who like swallow their swords like they go like you know like they're entertainers and they put them down their throats i assume that they're doing that safely right <laughs> so that doesn't bother me it's the fact i know it's cutting up spike's hands right now that's yeah. what freaks me out and once again i mean Sp once again spike is actually doing something brave here right he is grabbing the sword I've I've never disputed that spike is brave yeah. um i would i would dispute that he's heroic um I, but yeah, he's, he, yes, he's being brave. He's helping. He's fighting. Like, Spike loves a good fight. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because again, like, I'm trying to get behind the motivations of Spike. Like, again, why is he being nice to the Scoobies for no, like, you know, well, the, the women Scoobies. This is better for him than lounging around his crypt all day watching Passions, right? True. Like, yeah. he is in it. He's fighting. Second strongest if person there. If he's grateful enough to let him in her pants later, then that's just a bonus, right? Exactly. And also, like, he's, when he, when he grabs the sword, he says to Buffy, um, now might be a good time for something heroic. So again, like he did it in front of Buffy. He's there to like help Buffy. So I guess that makes sense. Buffy crawls up out of the hatch onto the roof and he starts fighting the knight. And um, Spike's hands are so badly wounded that like they're bleeding. So Dawn's helping him. And then Buffy um, almost falls off the side of the motorhome while she's fighting the guy, but she gets back up. More men start climbing the roof as Buffy kicks the first one off. One guy breaks through the window of the motorhome 
and tries to grab Don, and Anya hits him with a frying pan until he falls off, which is so funny. She says, not a piano, but hey! And um, by the way, Xander isn't doing anything because he's too carsick. <laughs> so I was like, Xander, you blaming and doubting Buffy for bringing Spike along is so funny right now because you can't even do anything but puke in a crisis right now, you know? So really, Spike is proving that that was a good idea to bring him. So Buffy's now fighting two guys on the roof, right? And she does some flippy doos. She gets her weapons and she throws them off. And then she hits one with an axe. And I was like, Buffy just murdered somebody. Right? What happened to not killing humans, Slayer? Right? I think she, and like later, I mean, well, this is a little jumping ahead a bit, but later Tim says that she killed 10 of his men. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) We'll get there. That's more people than Ben's killed. (laughs) Right? Ben's only killed six, as far as we know. Uh, Faith has only killed one, as far or two, maybe. Yeah, this is this is fascinating. Are we, like, unless we're supposed to think that he lives. I, I do. I am enjoying the. Uh, I'm, I am enjoying the action scene here. This is a pretty good action scene, right? Yeah, like, it's great. Fight on top of the roof of a moving vehicle. That's intense. Yeah, this is the most intense thing that's happened in a motorhome since Breaking Bad. I'm really excited. But the, I, I just, I, we just have to focus on that for a second. She murdered somebody, and the show's going to be like, "Oh well." <laughs> <laughs> no, no time for um, existential crises around that. So suddenly, there are no more knights around. Right? There's only the one, and he's running toward. Somehow, he got in front of the van. The horse is so fast; it got in front of the van, and is <laughs> horses can go faster than vehicles sometimes, Steph. I feel, I feel like you just need to like accept this concept. I need to understand horsepower. <laughs> you do. I do. Yeah. The, remember, Giles was not driving at top speed anymore because he was trying to maneuver. <laughs> so somebody was able to pull ahead of him. It's also very possible that the motorhome, for some reason, like got turned around as heading toward back towards Sunnydale. <laughs> well, that would just be embarrassing. That's. It. I mean, more embarrassing things have happened to Giles. So, um, yeah, the guy throws a spear and it hits Giles in the stomach, and the motorhome goes out of out of. He swerves it and it topples over onto its side, throwing Buffy off. The Scoobies are okay. They take off by foot. Spike is under a blanket and they find shelter in an abandoned gas station in the middle of the desert. They're inside. Giles is badly wounded and the Scoobies lift him up so that uh, Willow can assess his wounds. Buffy checks on Dawn. She's okay. She checks on Spike's hands. They're going to heal. She looks out the window and Anya comes for Buffy and says, Do you, you have another plan, right? One that doesn't involve pointy knives and a Winnebago? And Buffy says, well, rest here for a minute, and then we have to keep moving. Xander says, where? And Buffy says, I don't know. We can't stay here. It's too close to the wreck. We're too easy to find. And Willow calls for Buffy because Giles is not doing well. Willow's managed to slow his bleeding. Buffy's overwhelmed. She needs a minute. She's like, just give me a minute. But no, Buffy, no one gets a minute in Sunnydale or in the desert. Because then all these flaming arrows... Fire arrows shoot through the building. All right. I take I take it back. These arrows seem better than guns. Let's go. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, Xander looks outside and the rest of the LARPer group, <laughs> the ones on foot, the ones at the carpoolers, <laughs> they are circling the gas station and they keep shooting flaming arrows in there. And Buffy and Spike move a hot coffee machine in front of the door to keep them out. They have axes, though. And they're trying to like get in and Don's screaming. It's a lot going on. One guy breaks through, Spike tries to confront him, but he can't fight him because he's of the chip. Yeah, he punches him and then immediately feels pain. 
Good. Good. Um, Buffy fights some. Um, Xander pulls an unconscious one away. The general is actually in there and he says, the key, when he sees Don. And Buffy punches him out quickly. And Willow does a spell that raises this barrier wall around the gas station, keeping every all the army out and everyone inside in. Uh, so Tim says, the general's in there clericals or whatever and clerics clerics <laughs> so so cleric is is a generic name for like somebody with a religious office but when we're talking like larping and role playing and stuff it is also a common name for a class in like dnd or in you know when you're playing larping where you like are affiliated with a religion or a god and therefore usually clerics are healers um, so this is actually very consistent with how a lot of LARPing would go. You've got people playing the warrior classes, like these knights, and then you have people who maybe don't want as much of a, like a combat role, and they'd rather be more like intellectual and cast spells and stuff. And that's what the clerics are doing here. So <laughs> this is very, this is very classic LARPing. Yes. And it's a good thing they brought them along because they're going to start do their, uh, they start doing their chanting. They're trying to undo the energy barrier and the, the one cleric is like the witch's magic pales to the might of our god. The infidel's walls will tumble before us. Cool. I believe you, sir. So Willow tells Buffy that the wall will hold for half a day. Spike says, what's the story with these role-playing rejects? <laughs> whoa, 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 Spike. We can insult the LARPers because we're podcast hosts and making fun of this show is one of the ways we love it. <laughs> and our, our audience enjoys us doing that. You're not allowed to make fun of the LARPer, Spike. Stay in your lane. And also, like, it's rich of you to talk about roleplay when you just created a whole sex robot of Buffy Ooh. to roleplay with. Oh. Stay in your lane, You're Spike. You're in the sunlight today because that's a bad burn. <laughs> Better get some ointment for that one, Spike. So <laughs> Buffy sees the unconscious general, right? And she's like, let's find out. So it's nighttime now. I guess it took him that long to wake up. Uh, the general's tied to a pole, and he wakes up, and Buffy's standing in front of him, and the general says, You were warned we'd return, Slayer. And Buffy says, Took you long enough. What are you supposed to be, some kind of chief? And he says, General. And Buffy says, General in charge of what? Getting captured? <laughs> nice. Um, the general says, You do not frighten me, child. The instrument of chaos must be destroyed. And then he sees Dawn and Buffy grabs his face and he's like, look at her like that, that way again. And she will be the last thing you will ever see. And the general says, you protect the key of the beast. And Buffy says, it's not that simple. And the general says, the key has been transformed, given breath, life. Yeah, we know that general. Catch up. He says, it makes no difference. The key is the link. The link must be severed, such as the will of God. And Buffy's getting upset, right? She's like, she doesn't remember anything about being this key you're all looking for. And the only thing she remembers is growing up with a mother and a sister who loved her. What kind of God would demand her life or something she has no control over? We are not your enemy. Tell your men to stand down. Quite a few gods are like that, really. Gods are kind of a greedy bunch. They they really enjoy the whole sacrifice thing. Yeah, they get off on it. <laughs> They're like, look at all these mortals. I think Buffy really should have stayed in that history class a bit more. <laughs> I like how she says that, like, you know, tell your men to stand down. And the general's just like, no. <laughs> so Buffy says it's not her fault. She's human now. And the general says the key is too dangerous to be allowed to exist, no matter what form she's pressed into. And Buffy says, I will not let anyone tell me. But then Tara starts crying out. 
And they run out to the room and Tara keeps shouting, it's time, it's time. And Buck and Willow is having a hard time restraining her. And the same thing's happening at the at the hospital. The mental patients are all chanting, it's time, it's time, it's time. And the nurse is trying to calm them down. But they all manage to like break out of their restraints. They're like really strong. And they all head out. We don't know where they're heading though. But don't forget, Orlando, the escaped knight, is with the Knights of Byzantium. And he keeps saying it's time. He's trying to walk away. And Tim says, nothing to fear, my brother. The beast may have taken your mind, but I swear to you, she will never know the taste of your heart. And then Tim kills Orlando. Oh, my God. And then he says, I want the witch's barrier down now to the clerics. (laughs) Just another man making demands, you know. (laughs) But what we can't see is in the background, the other LARPers have taken all of those fire cans that they were lighting their arrows with, and they're roasting hot dogs (laughs) and marshmallows. Campouts begun. (laughs) is Tim... So did Tim really kill Orlando? Is this like hardcore LARPing where if you die in the cave, you die in real life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he can like, he has to lie down and pretend to be dead for two minutes. Or is it like a fake blade where he stabs uh, Orlando and then he's like, okay, you're dead now. So you don't have to keep pretending that you're crazy. Yeah. And Orlando does like that big, like dramatic death scene. And then he lies there for maybe a minute and then he goes and has a hot dog, right? Like his time's up. (laughs) Right. (laughs) This sounds so fun. I want to go. He can make a new character next week. (laughs) Yeah, right. He's like, maybe I'll be a cleric next time. (laughs) (laughs) They get yelled at a lot though. Maybe he'll be a horse. <laughs> they seem to be protected by the Slayer. So I will say I've played D&D. I'm not good at it because I, I just can't sit for that long and, and be in it. It's like they're like eight hour sessions sometimes. But whenever I do, I'm always a bard. Like that's I always want to be a bard. I've never played D&D. Oh, no. I think you'd be good at it. I think you'd be really good. But it, they, they, they're long <laughs> days, long days. Anyway, <laughs> Buffy is talking to Giles and she's apologizing to him. She's like, we should have just stayed. And Giles says, don't. What you did was necessary. What I've always admired. And Buffy says, running away. So I just want to reiterate, Giles is lying on a countertop right now with a separating wound in his side, gargling his own blood as he talks to Buffy. Like, this is awful. You know, like Buffy is losing her dad right now. She just lost her mom and now she has to face the prospect of losing her dad. And I also want to add, we're always like, oh, Buffy's love, like... Angel loved her and like, oh, Spike's in love and people like like to, you know, do all this stuff. But like Giles loves Buffy. <laughs> Look at him here. He's bleeding out and he's rest assuring Buffy. He's saying, I believe in you. I think what you did was the right thing. It's what I've always admired about you. Like what a man, right? Like this is this is it. Um, Giles says, being able to place your heart above all else. I'm so proud of you. You've come so far. You're everything a watcher, everything I could have hoped for. And Buffy's crying as Giles passes out. And like you're saying, Kara, like Buffy is already traumatized that she lost her mom. And here's her dad, like looking like he might die very soon. Uh, She tells Willow to open a door and a magic door opens in the barrier. And then Buffy and Xander come out. I don't know why the door had to be open. Like, can they not hear each other through the barrier? I don't know. Also, why did she break Xander? Unless it's just because Spike literally cannot fight them at all. Buffy says, one of my friends is hurt when you attacked us. And this is when Tim says, 10 of my men are dead. <laughs> like, honorable men. Shall we balance the scales? And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. And how many horses died? <laughs> I mean, that's the real tragedy, right? right? When, you say, when you say 10 men, do you mean 10 horses? <laughs> 
Horses. Horses. And are they are they actually dead or did they get up a minute later and go, you know, get some chips? <laughs> Bobby says, are you going to let someone come and help him or not? She's just like ignoring the fact that 10 guys are dead. Um, the leader says, give give quarter to an agent of the beast. What madness would move me to such action? And Buffy says, I'm done asking. And she starts to advance. But Xander says, whoa, whoa, hey, this is war, isn't it? In war, there are rules, or at least there should be, if you're as honorable as you think you are. Plus, we have your general forehead guy. So interesting. An exchange is what they want. Willow manages to use her magic to get the payphone inside the gas station to work. And Buffy starts to make a call. Spike just says, uh, the door to my crypts got this nasty squeak. Maybe you could do something. Willow is like, ugh, and walks away. Buffy says, hey, it's Buffy. I need to ask a really big favor. So Spike's comment there, I feel, is like hanging a lampshade on the fact that the writers have really been leaning hard on Willow's magic the past half season. Uh Like she's gone from floating a pencil and last season, like, you know, she could do a couple of things here and there. Season five, especially kind of the last half season. Wow. Like Willow can just do anything at this point. Yeah, she can make barriers. She can fly. <laughs> Lots going on. Fear not, Kara. Whatever you're thinking about Willow, put it aside because sexy intern Ben is going to come and save the day. <laughs> and he, he he drives up into the middle of the LARPers. <laughs> and he hey, we know that Ben knows who these guys are. He, he, he recognizes them. But when we think about it as LARPers, he's probably like, what in the world? <laughs> What kind of camp have I stumbled into? What kind of game? But also, I want to say, this is kind of how we know that, like, Ben, like, Ben's already sketchy. Like, he's, or it, it seems like he might be down to kill Don if it means that he doesn't have to die. And the very fact that he came, right? He knows Buffy's a slayer. He knows Buffy has the key. He also knows that he has some weird connection with Glory that we can't figure out. Um, so for him to, like, get this call and then come and willingly bring Glory toward them is a sketch move you know it's a red flag yeah absolutely so so ben goes inside and he's busy stitching up giles uh and buffy is very grateful she says i didn't know who else to call and he says no it's okay not how i pictured seeing you again but i'll take what i can get and so at this point ben has known that buffy is the slayer for a while now buffy i don't think she knows that ben knows that she's the slayer right no it's like What's Buffy, like, what is her explanation <laughs> for being in the middle of the desert in an abandoned building with a bunch of LARPers outside? Like, and forget about what, like, Buffy never explains it, but forget about, like, what Buffy tells him. Why isn't Buffy, like, why isn't he weirded out by this? <laughs> right? Like, it's a red flag, Buffy. This guy is clearly evil. Um, he's just like, I just wanted to see you again. No questions asked about, like, the dying man that he's fixing. The LARPers, the, 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 the fire arrows. <laughs> the magical barrier around the outside of the building. <laughs> the clear prisoner exchange that's about to happen. Like, no questions from Ben. He's just like, you know, this isn't how I thought it's you again. <laughs> like, he's so good at flirting that Buffy doesn't even think about why that's not weirded out. The guy with a chainmail fetish tied up to a pole in the middle of the building. <laughs> He just really yeah. wants to get into Buffy's pants. That's all. That's all it is. Uh, <laughs> is this what straight guys do? Is that how far they'll go? Maybe she literally explained it like that. Oh, this is our end of year LARPing ceremony, or like you know, like we rented this abandoned building. I just, I just, yeah, um, that's wild to me. I will never understand straight cis men. <laughs> 
Um, okay. So, yeah. So, Spike is listening to all this exchange um, <laughs> and rolls his eyes. Uh, and Buffy's like, thank you for coming. And he says, it's my pleasure. He glances over at Dawn. Ooh. He's like, ooh. <laughs> and then Giles gets kind of stabilized. But Ben says, we need to get him out of here. And Buffy says, well, the guys with the pointy swords have other ideas. And Ben says, don't they always? <laughs> Do you know these guys, Ben? Have you worked with them in the past? Buffy's like, we can't because we'll lose the game. We'll lose the campaign if we go out and we can't. <laughs> Buffy says, this must seem extra outer limits to you. So now she comments. Now. And Ben says, oh, I've seen things you wouldn't believe. Is this, a, is this like a, is he flirting with her? Is this a whole line about how she should look at his pants? I don't know. Uh, it felt weird to me. I don't know. Would I be able to resist if he said that to me? Who could say? <laughs> He's so hot. He's like, oh, the emergency room, full moon on a Saturday night. Kate. Give us that hospital show right now. Because I really like that he said that. Because it's true. Working at Sunnydale Hospital on a full moon would probably result in a lot of wild shit. A Sunnydale Hospital would be a great spinoff from the Buffy yeah, series. Grey's Anatomy, Sunnydale style. Well, we've got all those doctors, right? Chatty doctor. <laughs> uh, are you on drugs doctor? Um, what was the one from last week? The HR doctor. <laughs> HR doctor, yeah. Yeah. Um but I think that's a reference. Full Moon on a Saturday Night, that sounds like a reference to listening to Fear, right? And, you know, who was responsible for some of those deaths, Ben? Let's, let's be real. Well, at this point, Buffy's a bigger murderer than him, so it's true. I guess it's even Stevens. So Buffy says, if this gets too weird, just tell me I'll understand. If? If? If, Buffy? If? How much more weird, Buffy? And Ben says, I won't leave until I've worn out my welcome. <sighs> I wonder if Buffy is thinking that, like, Ben might have, like, an Owen complex where it's like, ooh, you're dangerous. Ooh, I feel alive. Maybe. Uh, so Giles, clearly in pain, Buffy grabs his hand. It's really sweet. As much as we're making fun of what's going on with uh, Buffy and Ben right now, like, the whole Giles thing, this whole episode, I'm just like, no, Giles, don't die. I think Giles was in pain from listening to them flirt over top of his body. <laughs> Can you imagine they just start making out in front of him? He's just like, ugh. <laughs> I hate He's like, this. oh, I gotta give him another moan. Probably, he probably, what he wants to say is, Buffy, why isn't this guy more suspicious? <laughs> what's going on? Let's go to the back room, okay? Because poor Spike, poor Spike, who cut his hands earlier for this girl, is trying to light his cigarettes with his bloody hands, and Xander comes and lights them for him and makes a joke about, like, those, like, um, killing him. And Xander says, have I mentioned today how much I don't like you? And Spike says, you might have let it slip once or twice. And I'm sensing, because again, James Marsters does a really good job of having chemistry with everybody. I'm sensing some spander romance here with the lighting of the cigarette and the the heart to heart they're about to have. Xander asks how his hands are and Spike says nothing compared to the little bits we're going to get chopped into when the Renaissance Fair kicks the door in. And here we bloody sit. And of course, Spike wants to fight. That's all he wants to do. And Xander says, it's not like we have much of a choice. And Spike says, make a break for it. Use General Armor all as a shield. Get to the Doc's car. And Xander says, great plan. While all the hacking and slashing is going on, what are you going to do? Throw a migraine at them? <laughs> and Spike says, we stay here, we all die. At least this, this way, some of us might. But Buffy heard this at the door, and she's having none of it. She says, no, 
We're all going to make it. I'm not losing anyone. Check the supplies. See if anyone's hungry. So this is classic war stuff, right? Where you get some dissension in the ranks. You get like people doubting. But yeah, again, like I, I get that Spike wants to just like take off, right? He wants to like even the odds by like getting out of there. Um, but yeah, they're just, they're, you know, these boys are really believing in Buffy right now. I mean, I think at this point, again, like Spike spoiling for a fight. He's not good at waiting. He's not good at sitting around. But he can't he fight them. He needs something to do. <laughs> yeah, it's true. No, he can't. Yeah. That's the annoying part. Yeah, I think that's why he wants to leave. He's like, well, I can't fight them anyway, so we will just get out of here. Spike and Xander leave, and the general, um, who was there the whole time listening to this talk, he says, dissension in the ranks, seldom a harbinger of glad tidings. And Buffy punches him because he's annoying. <laughs> Shut up with a stupid talk he says poor frightened girl you have no idea what you're getting yourself into but you know what Kara? the general's about to tell us because he is the general oh, good. of exposition <laughs> it's true this is the longest like the discussion about what's going on it's really important but bear with us i'm sure we can like add in things as we go but he says do you, what do you know of the beast and buffy says strong fast hell god and General says, from a dimension of unspeakable torment. Now, do we think it's the same dimension that Angel was sent to? Could be. Right? Buffy says, a demon dimension, I know. She ruled with two other hell gods, right? And the General says, along with the beasts, they were ruling with equal vengeance. But the beast's power grew beyond even what they could conceive, as did her lust for pain and misery. They looked upon her, what she had become, and trembled. And he says that... Um, such was her power they feared that she would attempt to seize her dimension for herself and decided to strike first so a great battle erupted and in the end they stood victorious over the beast but just barely she was cast out banished to this lower plane of existence forced to live and eventually die trapped inside the body of a mortal a newborn male created as her prison that is the beast's only weakness. So Buffy says, kill the man and the god dies. This is very interesting. I, I actually really like this backstory for, for Gloria. I like that she had, like ruled with people and then was too powerful for them and was overtaken. I like the banishment. I always love a good banishment. But it's interesting here because we know that the, the, the baby boy was Ben. We know that. And um, if Ben dies, she dies, which is interesting. So I'm confused. <laughs> The timeline isn't making sense to me here. The Knights of Byzantium have been around for a long time. They clearly have generations. You know, deep pockets and everything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Ben has not been around for generations. What's going on here? Does Glory get born into a different body every generation? So if the body dies a natural death, she just gets born again? Or when they say, kill the man and the god dies, right? Does Glory really die? Does she just get born into another body? Like, I'm just kind of confused on how have they known about the beast and the beast being expelled from this hell dimension and here on Earth for so many generations if Ben is only in his, like, 20s or whatever. But we don't know how old Ben is. He could also be immortal or something. I would like to think he got a better job than Sunnydale Doctor. <laughs> well, that's not what Carlisle did in Twilight, okay? <laughs> like, sometimes people just... Because like, he explained to um, that minion, Carlisle right? would be running Sunnydale Hospital? Come <laughs> He's on, He's rich Steph. enough. <laughs> Come on. Do you, you call yourself a Twilight fan? Come on. Carlisle would also hire Edward as an intern. <laughs> um... 
No, but like earlier when Ben was saying, like, do you know why I became a doctor or why I wanted to be a doctor? So he could literally have been just been Ben chilling out in Glory's like apartment for like the last hundred years for all we know. And then, you know, like we you're right. Like, we don't know how old, how long this has been going on for. We assume generations because that's what the, the knights are around for. But like, I've never really thought about it before. Like, we don't know how old Ben is. We don't know if he doesn't age. He could just like live along with glory, right? I'll also add that this adds a conundrum, right? Like this is like, okay, so maybe we're going to deal with this in the future that Buffy might have to kill Ben, a human, to kill Glory. And I think before that would have been heavier if she hadn't just murdered 10 men (laughs) this very day. But also, like, why don't you guys just go break Faith out of jail? She'll kill him. She loves killing people. Well, they don't know who it is, right? (laughs) Uh, neither do we. We're also confused. So the general says the identity of the ve- human vessel has never been discovered. And Buffy says, I don't understand. Like, I've seen Glory. She's not hairy. You know, <laughs> like she's not like in the hairy chest department. And the general says, you caught a glimpse of the true beast. Her power was too great to be completely contained. She's found a way to escape her mortal prison for brief periods before her energies are exhausted. And she's forced back into her living cell of meat and bone. Who talks like this? LARPers. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. This is actually the, the most larpy part of the episode. I, I imagine if Buffy interrupts him, he'd be like, you didn't let me say my speech. I spent hours working on that. I got my girlfriend to read it for me. I have a girlfriend, you know. She's from Canada. She lives in Canada. <laughs> yeah. He's like greeting jingle jangle. Like, it's just like how they talk, right? So, so Dawn was eavesdropping because that's what Dawn does, okay? <laughs> like, she's always going to eavesdrop. She comes out of nowhere. She says, what about me? What about the key? And Buffy is like, no. And Buffy says, and Dawn just wants to know. So the general says, the key is almost as old as the beast itself. He's like an NPC. Like, you know those video games where you can, like, choose different dialogue options? Yeah, 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 yeah. So some yeah, people yeah, will yeah, just yeah. go through and, like, choose every single option. <laughs> like, you really only need to do one to go through the conversation. Yeah. But it's like, no, I'm going to explore every single line of dialogue this NPC has recorded. <laughs> yeah. And he, like, he literally couldn't wait. Like, I'm sure he hasn't told this, these stories in a very long time because all his men right? already know it. But, like, once they finished this conversation, I'm sure if Don just went back up to him and was like, what about the key? He'd just start again. He'd be like, <laughs> the key is almost as old as the beast itself. And he'd just repeat the exact same like, thing. This is what it says in the manual. I've been waiting. <laughs> um,. Yeah, so he says where it came from, how it was created. The deepest of mysteries. Oh, that's convenient. How did they get this information is what I want to know. He says, all that's certain is that power is absolute. Countless generations of my people, there it is. Countless generations, they're as old as the Watcher's Council, have sacrificed their lives in search of it to destroy it before its wrath could be unleashed. And the monks found it first, and they hid it with their magics. Oh, those monks. But not magics with a K, Kara. <laughs> Buffy says, why didn't they just destroy it? And the the general says, because they were fools. (laughs) Oh, they thought they could harness its power for the forces of light. They failed and they paid with their blood. And Don says, what do I do? What was I created for? And the general says, you're created to open the gates that separate dimensions. The beast will use your power to return home and seize control of the hell she was banished from. Buffy laughs at that. She's like, that's it? That's Glory's master plan to go home. And the general says the key, once the key is activated, 
it won't just open the gates to the beast dimension. It's going to open all the gates. The walls separating realities will crumble. Dimensions will bleed into each other. Order will be overthrown and the universe will tumble into chaos. All dark forever. Cats and dogs will start living together. That world without shrimp will just bleed into ours. <laughs> so she's like a super Catholic. Yeah. Like, yeah. Forget a Catholic. Angel should have been looking for the key. <laughs> How do we know that wasn't his plan C? First, it was a Cathla. Then it was the glove of Midigan <laughs> versus the dreaded Lagos. And that, then C was like, I guess I'll look for the key. But he didn't want to look for the key because he knew that there are all these LARPers after it too, plus the monks. <laughs> okay. I like the idea of all these dimension walls falling down. That is a that is a legit threat. And it, it actually, this is our explanation. Like, what the fuck is the key? What does it do? Why is it dangerous? And now we know. So if, if you missed this one scene in this episode, right, then you are screwed. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you missed this one episode back in the day before we had like, you know, it was you had to like pop in a VHS tape to actually record the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You just got to wait until the season repeats <laughs> later in the summer. Yeah. And this is a nightmare for people who don't like when all their food touches on their plate. Like, this is like the opposite of what you want to happen in your world. Everything bleeding into each other. <laughs> Did it? And like Anya had mentioned earlier this season, like all like the topsy-turvy world. Like she had a bunch of dimensions that she was talking about. <laughs> the one, I think there's one world with perpetual Wednesdays. <laughs> so they cut right to the next scene. I guess time has passed. I don't know how much time. But Dawn's sitting alone and Buffy finds her. And Don says, do you think it's true what he said? And Buffy says, I don't know. And she sits next to her. And Don says, destroyer of the universe. Guess cutting school doesn't seem so bad now, huh? And Buffy says, it's not you. You know that. And Don says, but it is me, isn't it? It's inside me. Like, what are you going to do? And Buffy just hugs her and says, I won't let anything happen to you. I promise. Aww. Aww. Uh, Willow is trying to get Tara to eat something. Anya offers to help this time. So before we had Don offering to help, now we have Anya. So I like this. I like how the Scoobies are kind of like rallying and, and pitching in. I think that's very nice. Mm -hmm. You know, it's part of the whole family aspect. Yeah. And it goes back to family. How Buffy said Tara's family. Like Willow chose Tara. Tara chose Willow. Now Tara's a part of the family. We're all going to take care of her. So I like that we're seeing that here. Yes, I agree. Ben is cleaning something in the sink, which <laughs> not sure I trust that water, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> And the general kind of is like, Psst, like hey, over here. Hey, you. <laughs> you want to know about the key? <laughs> and Ben's like, I can't help you. That's cheating. <laughs> You're playing the game wrong. He's like, you are not a part of this, are you? And he's like, I'm a friend of the family. And the general says, would you die for them? Because that is what your future holds if you align yourself with the Slayer and her misguided people. I just love this guy. Like, he's <laughs> selling it. He's so dedicated to the bit. I'm convinced that we should kill Don after talking to him. <laughs> like, he's winning just me over. He's like, all right. <laughs> Takes a knife, stabs Don. Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. Ben says, it's my life, and I'll do what I please with it. Oh, Ben. Ben. You're so boring. <laughs> You're kind of like Riley at this point. I, I gotta be honest. I'm not really seeing much of a difference. I'm hearing, I'm getting a lot of teenage angst from him in this episode, which is why I like him, right? Where he's like, it's my life, and everything she was taking away from me is so fair. <laughs> like, he just... Oh, is this, is this scratching that Dawson's Creek itch for Yeah, you? it is. And he's also, like, so handsome, so I'm just like, all right, all right. <laughs> I'm here. All right. <laughs> um, so the general says, it's not just your life. 
<laughs> Unimaginable legions will perish, including everyone here. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, this is like top tier, like Dragon Age, like over the top video game dialogue right now. Yep. You can stop this. You can save all their lives by ending one. The little girl. <laughs> the key. Destroy it, and the will of the beast will be broken. She will fade. A distant memory. And all of this madness will end. <laughs> He's really selling it. Gag him! Someone gag him! <laughs> he is really selling it. I totally get where he's coming from. Dawn is standing over Giles. And Ben comes, like, scares her as he approaches. And the, okay, this scene is working so hard to make us think that Ben is going to hurt Dawn, right? So she's saying, like, oh, he's hurt. It's, it's all my fault. Ben says, no, it isn't. And he's behind her when she's saying, like, you don't know what's happening. <laughs> and Ben is, like, being sketchy. And he's, he's putting a needle together behind Dawn. He says, I don't have to. I just know that sometimes terrible things happen to good people when it shouldn't, but it does, and it's nobody's fault. So we're thinking he's going to, like, stab her with this needle, right? He says, um, it's just the way life is. But then he injects Giles with the needle instead. Yeah, he goes, he goes right past Dawn, and, like, you can feel the breath that you didn't know you were holding in, yeah. just letting it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but then what happens? Of course, Ben starts to shake because Glory's coming out. And Don says, Ben? <laughs> so Ben runs into the room with Buffy. And he's like, you got to get me out of here. Like, you got to let me out. You don't understand. I got to get out. Open the door. And um, before anything else can happen, he turns into Glory. And Glory looks around and she says, well, what do you know? Little Ben finally did something right. And the general draws attention to himself and says, the beast. <laughs> Thanks, dude. We didn't know. Uh, right? And she says, hey, it's Gregor. And then she throws a hubcat through his body. <laughs> it's not funny. It's it's terrible. But like... <laughs> it's a little funny. It's funny, yeah. If he had just been quiet. <laughs> anyway, so she kills him. And then she says, now it's well, not. Well, then she says... Yep, that's a funny line, too. <laughs> so Spike goes to fight her, immediately gets knocked over. This is what I mean. This is what I mean. Like, Spike is actually useless because he can't fight Glory. He can't fight humans. Then um, Buffy also gets pushed over by her. Glory grabs Dawn and just runs out. She's so strong. She punches a hole into the barrier and gets through it. And Buffy can't follow because it's already closed up. So she calls for Dawn and she runs back into the gas station and says, Willow, get the barrier down. And we can hear fighting outside as Willow does her spell. Buffy runs back outside. The barrier's down. But every single LARPer knight is dead. Except for Tim, who has one moment to say, the beast. <laughs> yes, we know, Tim. We get we're, it. Yeah, we're aware. We're aware. <laughs> okay, but what about the horsies? Are the horsies okay? They died long ago. I think when he said 10 of my men, he's actually referring to the horses. <laughs> <laughs> the best but he yes, but he also he like the, they could have died due to like dehydration because <laughs> they're like running out there in the desert for however long waiting for True. a motorhome. you gotta take care of your animals <laughs> so buffy you know isn't sure what to do spike yells get the car get the keys uh willow says buffy we have to find dawn we can't let glory but meanwhile buffy has sunk to her knees She's just kind of staring off into the distance. There is a tear running down her face because Sarah Michelle Geller with the crying on demand. I can't. And Willow is talking to Buffy, but her voice is starting to kind of fade out. 
kind of like like getting distant mm-hmm. and we hear willow saying buffy buffy we need you buffy please uh but you know that's the last shot of the episode and it fades to black on buffy you know kneeling on the ground looking off into the distance unresponsive this actually made me so sad because again like we, we make jokes you know local buffy stresses episode buffy like this is it like there's nothing else she can do you know what i mean like she tried to run with dawn it didn't work she still got captured and she cannot beat glory and now dawn's gone and don't forget that she promised her mother that she'd always protect dawn and her mother's gone dawn's gone it's just a lot it's a lot and i really felt for buffy at the, at the end of this episode here i agree who's your hero I'm going to go Buffy for all the reasons you said. Like, Buffy's the one who said to run away. Buffy is the one carrying everything on her shoulders right now. I think the Scoobies all really contributed, right? Like, Anya, Willow, Xander, like, they all did their part. But Buffy is the one holding them together right now. Yeah. Will it be that way next episode? I don't know. I don't know either. She's a little stressed. I've chosen Giles. That's good, too. Yeah, I think, like, Xander expressed a lot of dissension in the ranks, as we said before. Um, But Giles had her back the whole time, right? He tried to kick Spike out, and then he, like, accepted Buffy's word for it. And then he made her feel better when he was the one dying. So I'll give it to Giles. All right, we got some hot stinks for you. So, yeah, our first one is from Miguel who wrote in about Fool for Love and says, one of the main themes in the whole Buffy show is choices. How your choices make you, how you don't always have a good choice, but you always have one as said in Lie to Me. And that's part of what the soul seems to be. A chip is not a soul. It doesn't make a vampire redeemable because there's no agency in it. If Spike could choose to be killing, he still would be. While Ensouled Angel could be as evil as anyone with a soul, but chooses every day not to be. What keeps him from being evil is his conscience, not some sort of Pavlovian pain response that could be eliminated with surgery. Even the vampires with more humanity, Spike and Drusilla, as stated by the judge, were killers. There's no merit in not killing people if that is just impossible to you. Interesting. I mean, I feel like we probably kind of agree with Miguel, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of what we were talking about in Fool for Love. I, I know I was playing the devil's advocate for a little bit, I wanted to kind of philosophize about, well, what is a soul, really? Um, if not a chip, a philosophical chip in our brain. I think that bigger conversation came um, during Crush. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, and I think this is really well worded. <laughs> there is obviously a big difference. And again, I wonder if like maybe we'll have to do a bonus episode sometime, right? Like the well, chip on trial. <laughs> or just when whenever we get to Spike on trial, right? Yeah. We can talk about this. Like this is why it bothers me that so many people pit Spike versus Angel as love interests for Buffy against like the two of them and compare Spike and Angel. Um, and it's not because I'm a Bangel stan. It just annoys me because I don't really think that you can look at Spike with a chip and Angel with a soul and compare them in that way. They're, they're both vampires. That's about all they have in common right now at this point. And I guess they're both into Buffy, I guess is the other thing they have in common. And so kind of like compa- like comparing them, you might as well compare Spike to Riley. Well, <laughs> like, that's what I've been doing. But nobody seems to be doing no, that. No, all season I've been saying, isn't Spike and Riley more of a thing? Because <laughs> they're the ones that have a lot more in common in the way they act, in their, in their insecurity, in their immaturity. Uh, but yeah, thanks for writing in, Miguel. Our second hot stake is from Amy, who wants to talk about I Was Made to Love You and about the portrayal of Willow. Amy says, 
I was just listening to I Was Made For Love You and the rant about Willow's character assassination. Uh, and as a lesbian woman myself, I find that this portrayal has a tinge of lesbophobia. Definitely comes from a lack of representation in the writer's room, but it's like they've written Willow to just be a female Xander now that she's identifying as gay. As if the only depth she has as a lesbian, or bi, depending on your reading, woman, is that she thinks girls are hot. I really find this a disservice to Willow, and to Tara, and to so many of us who discovered our sexuality through intense connections with the right person. Yeah, and I think we talked about this a bit in season four too, like when this was a whole thing was happening, that um, Joss Whedon was writing Willow to be gay as a phase, right? Which is part of the mm. conversation Tara and Willow had in Tough Love. But that's what happens when you try to sensationalize a character like Willow becoming yeah. gay, right? It's just, it doesn't, it comes out shallow after a while if you don't have anywhere else to go with it. Thank you for your hot stakes. Um, and we also have a new Buy Me A Coffee supporter, a new chosen one <laughs> to thank. So Joshua has joined us and Joshua says... I happened upon Buffy on TV while season four was airing, but wasn't able to watch consistently. I would have been about 13 to 14 years old upon first discovery. I started watching more consistently during season five and fell head over heels for the show. The details are a little fuzzy, but I was lucky that my mom had a friend and co-worker, rest in peace, Holly, that loved Buffy and was able to show me more of the show and eventually catch me all the way up. I was upset they didn't give me one more year to get through high school. Uh, I own all of the Buffy and Angel DVDs, and I have seen both series just under around 10 times. It was a yearly ritual to watch all of them for a while. You go, Joshua. Yeah. He continues with sharing that his favorite character is Buffy. Popular choice, <laughs> with good reason. Uh, he says, I relate to her in ways I've discovered through therapy as an adult. Good for you going to therapy, Joshua. <laughs> and he says a quote about her uh, from my favorite episode, Conversations with Dead People, is a somewhat simplified description of how I have felt along with tons of anxiety and fear of failure. Uh, so that's a, a season seven episode, I believe. So we're not there yet, but maybe when we get there, Joshua, you could let us know which quote you're talking about. Uh, and then he goes on and says really nice things about the podcast. So. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so thank you for your support. Thank you all of our Buy Me A Coffee supporters and especially, uh, of course, our chosen ones. Emma, Taza, Kyle, Destiny, Erica, Allison, Jace, Haley, and Tasha. Lizzie, Holly, Kayla, Jordan, Julian, Nicola, Luis, and Joshua. Thanks for joining us. We have two episodes left of the season, and I uh, can't wait to see what happens next week. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you want and can't afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week. We also invite you to join us in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook and prophecy underscore girls on twitter also email us at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website prophecygirls.ca where you can find the link to our discord can't wait to hear from you praise malik see you next week